to have secret conversations. Sorry, are you still there? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. sorry. It got really quiet. <clears throat> yeah. You're being really quiet. It's good. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 90. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are talking about slowing down. You can often feel it welling up inside you, sometimes during seasons of obvious overwhelm, sometimes for no discernible reason. Those feelings of being frantic, frenzied, and frazzled. We've all been there. Or maybe you're there right now. During the holiday season especially, it's common to feel one or all the above. So how does a modern lady maintain a peaceful composure that begins in her soul and radiates out to her world? Well, let's talk. But first, if you enjoy this episode of the Modern Lady Podcast, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Your review can help the modern lady stand out so that others may find us too. Your comments mean the world to us. This week's shout out goes to Abby McKenzie, who left us a five-star review on iTunes and said, quote, God bless the day I found this podcast. I think even without a pandemic and civil unrest trapping my family inside all day, every day, we can get a little complacent or let what's important go to the back burner for the sake of getting through the day with our little ones and keeping up with the bare minimum chores. The second I tuned in on these two wonderful ladies, I was so motivated to be better for my family and myself. Gone are the days of a half-hearted homemaker. I open my house with a lit candle and take on the day with my faith and just an insane amount of coffee. Thank you so much for bringing some more light into our home. I look forward to listening every week." End quote. Well, thank you so much, Abby, for your comment. We love hearing how you're opening your home with a candle and a cup of coffee every morning. You truly are a lady after our own hearts. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. You can now also tune in and comment on our episodes on our YouTube channel. Just search for us under The Modern Lady Podcast, and don't forget to click subscribe. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. From around the early 1600s onwards, fans, those accordion-pleated, often highly decorated accessories, became a common part of a wealthy woman's outfit. The etiquette and fashionable use of fans has changed a lot over the centuries. But something unique happened in the early Victorian age. Women began using fans to have secret conversations. I watched a short video by Lucy Worsley on YouTube entitled, How to Speak Fan, and here's what I learned. If you wanted to say yes, then tap your right cheek, and for no, you tap your left cheek with your fan. If you wanted to communicate to someone, I wish to speak with you, you would open the fan and tap the top with your finger and make eye contact. If you wanted it to be known that you were sitting there available for conversation, you would hold your fan in your left hand and slightly move it around while looking nonchalantly around the room. Now what if some handsome fellow caught your eye and you wanted to be a bit flirtatious? In order to signify that you were desirous of his acquaintance, you would hold your fan covering most of your face, peek out over the top of the fan with your eyes, and look at the person. 
Let's say that the flirting worked and you now wanted to tell him that you love him while in a room full of people. You would hold your closed fan in your right hand and stroke it down your cheek while looking at him. If you wanted someone to follow you for a more intimate conversation in a different location, you would hold your fan in your right hand and open it, covering half of your face, and then turn away and start walking. Gesture with your finger slightly behind the fan, beckoning the person to follow. Oh dear, what if you needed to friend zone someone? Well, you would drop the fan from your face and carefully lower it to your lap in a very decided manner. How would you let someone know that you're married? You would sit and do a slow, bored wafting of the fan held just below one's chin and neck area. What if someone's being too persistent and you need them to get lost? Tap your fan on your left ear. Okay, they've gone too far and you need to say, I hate you. (laughs) Pull the closed fan through your other hand with your finger and thumb connected like the okay hand signal that forms a circle. And then you pull your closed fan up and through that hole. And now I'll say goodbye to this tip of the week. Envision me with an open fan and wiggling my pinky finger. Goodbye. I'm trying to figure out just how subtle this language really is. I'm just imagining (laughs) a whole bunch of people wildly waving their fans around and dragging it across their bodies. And I'm thinking, wouldn't it just be easier to say it? Yeah. (laughs) I am the least discreet person, too. I am a bull in a china shop. So if I was trying to do delicate communications with a fan, something would fly out of my hand and hit somebody else in the face. It would just not go well. Now, if people want to see, because I know it was hard to follow along, and if you really want to learn fanology um, or speaking with your fan, you can watch the video by Lucy Lucy Worsley on YouTube, and she demonstrates them all. American writer and poet Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. What does lie within us right now, particularly at this time of year, with the hustle and bustle of the season and trying to wrap up everything by year's end? That's a striking question to ask ourselves, isn't it, Lindsay? Yep. We came up with three F words for the season. Frantic, yes, we did. frenzied, and frazzled. <laughs> oh my. And uh, I think all three definitely describe mm-hmm. me on a very, very regular basis. And I think that what's interesting is that they're not always bad. Like there's sometimes mm-hmm. I love being frenzied and frantic, maybe not frazzled, but um, we're here to talk about how you're probably feeling those things along with us and Mm -hmm. how to either channel that energy into a good place or to slow down. Mm -hmm. You're right. It can be positive because like you, you talk about, you know, being excited or whipped into a wild frenzy, Mm -hmm. like when something really exciting or jubilant is happening. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's not always negative, but I think with, um, with this time of year, especially, we can start to internalize these things a little bit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it might become a little bit wearying. So we're here to help once again. <laughs> <laughs> and the best way to start is to figure out what each of these things actually means, right? Because we so mm-hmm. rarely look up definitions for things that we know what they mean. But it, I found it was yeah. really interesting to actually read the differences between these three things. So uh, frantic means wild or distraught with fear anxiety or other emotion. 
-hmm. Frenzied is wildly excited or enthusiastic and frazzled, showing the effects of exhaustion or strain. Mm -hmm. So let's start at frantic. So this... uh, this one actually really caught me off guard because I thought I knew what frantic meant. Um, but I'm glad mm-hmm. I looked it up because the words distraught, fear, and anxiety really obviously jump out right at mm-hmm. us with that one. And I, I guess it totally makes sense now. And I don't want to feel that. So mm-hmm. I, I want to be clear, like clear on what I am feeling and knowing myself. And if, if I am bordering or verging on frantic, I certainly don't want to be feeling that, that fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting, too, is the words like wild and distraught, mm-hmm. because I think we can acknowledge, too, that like fear and anxiety, they can be common emotions. Mm-hmm. Like we can have them at any given time. But it's when and we kind of all know that feeling, too. Right. When it's on the verge of just kind of spiraling. Mm-hmm. And I think frantic keeps maybe popping up for a lot of us right now due to the the worldwide situation. If we think Mm -hmm. back all the way to the beginning of COVID, when you and I released that episode that had those circles, remember, as you were Mm -hmm. moving through like the stages, um, I would describe frantic as that early stage um, during this pandemic and the Mm -hmm. lockdown and all those things. But because everything keeps cycling, we kind (laughs) of, a lot of us keep ending up back there for a little bit of time. And so, yeah, just fear and anxiety on top of being frenzied and frazzled with Christmas coming, it is a crazy cocktail of yeah. emotions. <laughs> it is too. But uh, okay, so I'm looking now at frenzied. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that one doesn't seem too bad. No, I like frenzied. I would say yes. my nickname could be frenzied. Like I'm like, it's um I again it uses the word wildly. Like frantic mm-hmm. has wild, but I I think the difference between actually wild versus wildly one's an mm-hmm. adjective, and so it's mm-hmm. I think it's not like actually um, like who you are. It's right. just describing an action, like a behavior. I think it's a little bit different because mm-hmm. it then can be a good, a good wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get very excited and enthusiastic about a lot of things. And so I do think I can get whipped up in a frenzy. And so, yeah, it's, it's still, maybe there can still be too much of a good thing with this one. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I saw a little anecdote online where it talks about, frenzied and it just made me think about like when I think about frenzy I think speed Mm -hmm. so it's like you can be excited about something but it's like double time yeah yeah (laughs) so like (laughs) this story um this anecdote says you know a group of scientists had to carry out research in a faraway almost inaccessible place and so a group of Mexican carriers were transporting their equipment by hand and along the way all the carriers inexplicably stopped at once and the scientists were astonished they became irritated and finally furious why did they not go on they were asking they were you know these these people were wasting their time and the Mexicans seemed to be waiting. Then all at once they started moving again. And one of them explained to the scientists what had happened. And they said, it's because we had been going so fast that we left our souls behind. We stopped mm. to wait for our souls. And I loved that because when I am frenzied, whether it's positive or negative, I feel like I'm moving, like I said, at a, at a really increased pace. So, um, you know, maybe it's probably, even though it can be positive, probably not good in a sustainable sense. 
Yeah. And talking about sustainable, frazzled. I mean, that's mm. the, that's the end result of frenzied. Yeah, um, that's right. It's, right? You're showing the effects of exhaustion or strain. Um, you're burned out. And mm-hmm. I think you and I, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about how we're already a little frazzled. Um, <laughs> and we're only in the <laughs> second week of Advent. Um, <laughs> but we are certainly not alone in that. And I think that there is going to be a slow burning out that hits us all until January. And so we don't want that to be the case. So maybe we need to rein in the frenzied a bit now. And that's what we're here for today is to talk this all out because that this is certainly what we're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. It, the feeling of being frazzled reminds me of an Instagram post I just saw from the account, uh, The Woman's School. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've, you followed them. No, I just I've found them recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it, it was a part of a larger quote, but the line that stuck out to me was, more of what's not working isn't the answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Because we, we think we, need to, we just need to power through exhaustion yep. or feeling frazzled, right? That it will pass. Yep. Um, and sometimes we may need to rise to that. But I think probably what we're saying is more often than not, we're kind of deluding ourselves <laughs> into thinking we can just power through everything forever when yeah. actually it's not only unrealistic. It's also just really unhealthy. So we realize that there's a common factor that links all of these three things and that it's all, they, all of them are demonstrating a lack of control, right? Mm. Mm Self-control. And so we believe it's ladylike, um, to exhibit self-control. That it's a sign, you know, of progress, of spiritual progress, of, of psychological progress, um, of wisdom as you're growing older is, is that kind of self-control. So not to say that we're not going to feel these things and not to say that we're not feeling these things at this very moment while we're recording. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but we, again, we're going to look now into maybe how to take some of that wild frenzied energy and to turn it into productivity when you think it's the right time to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Because, you know, being ladylike or having that quality about you is always more about how we carry ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And how we are making the people around us feel as well. And that it's an interior disposition. So mm-hmm. it has to come from inside you. And I like what you're saying about, you know, knowing when to, um, kind of slow it down, but also know when and how to channel it into something good, like use your powers for good (laughs) type of a thing. Um, Because that is what's going to well up in us and go outwards from our person. Yes. So because I usually am very, very high energy, um, I have learned over the years. So either I could feel like I'm spinning in circles, right? And not getting Mm -hmm. anything done. And that happens every once in a while too. But it's that feeling where you're inside of yourself, where you're just bursting and, Mm -hmm. and you don't know exactly what to do with it. I have learned over my lifetime now how to channel that into being more productive. And it works most of the time Mm -hmm. where I can have a total burst of energy and, you know, clean and organize and do things like, well, almost a superhuman amount of energy. Um, There was an interesting experiment done by Harvard University, and it showed that students that had high anxiety leading up to a test actually did perform better. (laughs) And so it's they're demonstrating that high anxiety isn't always a bad thing. Something else interesting about the study is that it showed that 
that stress before like an academic competition, because again, this was, this was at Harvard, um, can bring out sometimes the best in two opposite groups of people, the warriors who are suffering from the anxiety and the warriors who think that they're going to do great no matter what. It gives them that chance to shine, to really work towards something. And mm. so I found that to be really interesting. Again, that our anxiety doesn't just have to cripple us sometimes and hold us back. And this is, I'm saying this is someone who suffers from anxiety, um, that mm -hmm. we can, in the right circumstances and with the right guidance, use it to propel us forward. Mm -hmm. Do you think that has roots in like the whole um, hunter-gatherer, like how oh, we were just yes. created, right? Like we would have needed a bit of um, anxiety in our lives to keep us alive during certain as a certain phases of history I guess right mm -hmm. depending on what was going on so it could be and it probably is um a little bit of that fear a little bit of that anxiety is a bit of a survival instinct oh absolutely in us that propels us to perform above our, our average and above our standards so that is really interesting in an academic way um in addition to what we might be feeling physically on a day-to-day -day basis and, but where, when that can turn and what they're seeing in a lot of people now is that we're having long exposure to that's yeah. the, the fight or flight. Right. And so we're mm -hmm. having much longer exposure to that kind of stress than, um, some previous generations, which is really hard for me to wrap my historical loving mind around considering how people have lived in the past that somehow we're living in a more stressful time. But anyways, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, our cortisol levels are up and this actually leads into the next thing that I have written here, which is like, we do have, we don't have an unlimited supply of energy. So if you're again, looking at those short bursts of energy, like what you're talking about, I think we are designed to do that and we're designed mm. to do that well, but you have to have the flip side of that, which is the rest, the leisure, right? right? And when they were, I was reading an article where they were talking to some very successful CEOs and a lot of them who can choose their own schedules. Again, we're being really clear here that this isn't not everybody's lifestyle can accommodate this. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're someone who can structure your day, they found that they work really well when they do those bursts, like what you just said, mm -hmm. like a 90 minute burst of work and then proper relaxation, proper rest. And this takes me right back, Michelle, to our leisure episode and everything mm -hmm. we learned about proper leisure. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right. Because I wonder if it triggers something in your mind. Right. It's almost like when the time comes, you will rest. And it kind of al allows you to think like, I can expend um, much more energy to try to get this work done because I know it's going to come regardless. Mm -hmm. As opposed to what you're saying, this prolonged, sustained level of work or stress or cortisol, right? We don't know when it's going to end. So in a way, yeah. it, it leads to more procrastination. It leads to um, more busyness in our lives just simply because we, it's almost upside down. We don't know which way is up. We don't know when we're going to be able to rest. So I kind of like that whole concept of um, bursts and then resting after getting a lot of things done. And it's almost like running off your energy, so to speak. Yes. And just like in our leisure episode and what you're saying is that we do have it upside down. And the biggest takeaway mm -hmm. I took from that episode, and if, if our listeners haven't listened to that one yet, that was, that's a really great episode um, yeah. because it's something you and I still talk about to each other, like on a weekly basis. And my mm -hmm. biggest takeaway from that was again, that this concept, the world tells us that we, um, that we rest so that we can work harder afterwards. That that is the purpose of rest, that you rest mm -hmm. on the weekend so you can go back into mm -hmm. work Monday morning refreshed. No, what, what we learned is that proper rest um, 
you, you earn that rest after working hard, that the goal is the rest, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that working is just working, but that it's what you do in that resting and recreation, or as you and I just heard in a homily, recreation of yourself mm-hmm. um, in that in that leisure time. So yeah, this idea of if you can in your life, scheduling in these bursts of work and then proper rest. I've never really done it like that. I will work until <laughs> until like my yes. legs collapse <laughs> um, and then I need like three days on the couch. Um, so that's not exactly balanced. <laughs> well, I don't know if there's any hard rule that says 90 minutes. It's like 90 no. minutes, three days, but <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. This leads us perfectly into the next thing here. So if you, again, have that kind of energy and you really look at yourself and go, no, but it works really well for me. And I'm saying this as myself, like when I get frenzied, I don't want to all of a sudden lose all of that motivation Mm -hmm. I have because I'm incredibly motivated during that time, but then I end up frazzled. So if we don't want, if we don't (laughs) want to end up there, um, it all goes back again to being self-aware and really stepping back, looking at your days, looking at your week, looking at your month and planning it out. We've done multiple mm-hmm. episodes on routines, on this sort of thing. Um, but I'm really understanding it now from a way of, um, I, I guess I always looked at that before in a way of, I guess more in a negative way, but I'm seeing it now as a way to maximize your productivity. And when it's mm. sold to me like that <laughs> in a positive <laughs> way, I get really a lot more excited about planning things out. And so um, the one example I read is that you use your Mondays for planning. You mm-hmm. you do that burst of work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you finish up your loose ends on Friday. And then this comes into the weekend, right? So if we're done Mm -hmm. everything by Friday, Saturday is our family time. And then Sundays, that's when we can have our Sunday rest. Um, You know, for you and I, that's going to church. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's really helping that time be set apart. And we're as busy moms, it's really hard to turn off our brains. And so then there's also, again, like so much um, liberating power and knowing that come Monday again, we can sit down and plan, right? Mm -hmm. Like to know that I don't have to go into Monday jumping with, you know, both feet in into a mess and chaos. But if I know that Monday is a planning day uh, for my week, that actually really helps me relax on the weekend. Yeah. That's like the, that's just the freedom of a routine, right? Mm -hmm. It's like every end of the week is not the end of the world. Yeah. (laughs) Like if, if something needs to get done or something will need to be taken care of next week, you will have Monday again. So it's like that whole concept of resting on Sunday just like you can put it out of your mind for 24 hours. If the rest of the week, you know that there is a system put in place that's going to let you have the time to check off those boxes and get done what you need to get done and have the energy to do so. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really found helpful when I'm feeling anxious about something is using that pent up energy to do something charitable for another person. Mm-hmm. So I've had I have tried this on myself, so it's not just anecdotal advice. <laughs> but, you know, a couple of years ago, I would say I had a kind of like emotional, mental frenzied energy and anxiety. Um, and I found one of the best ways to calm myself down on those days would to be to pick a project or a charitable gesture or something of that nature and just work on that that day. And I think it really helped me because it got me out of my own head for a little yeah. bit. And when you need to come back to your task or your worries, it seemed to me like the gravity of them seemed somewhat lessened. And so I felt less paralyzed. I can, I could move again on some actionable items. 
So it's almost like that running off extra energy we talked about, except if you don't want to run like me most of the time, <laughs> um, you you can maybe do something kind for someone else instead. Oh, I love that. So if you're looking at your own mess, right, or your own house, yeah. and you think, okay, I've got all this energy, but I can't focus on that right now, which is very mm-hmm. true for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean you just have to sit there spinning your wheels. Like you said, turn it to turn your attention, your energy just to doing something charitable for someone else. And then I love that after you've gotten that out of your system and maybe you've calmed mm-hmm. down a little bit, you can, yeah, refocus and um, take care of what you need to do for you. I love that. Yeah. It just kind of takes the edge off, if you will. Yeah. So let's say that you're now totally frazzled. So let's say that you have yeah. used all that energy. You've gone past frenzy. You've gone past. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you're frazzled. Uh, you need to actually slow down <laughs> because there are <laughs> definite times where we do need to actually slow down. Well, how do we do this? Um, one of the first things, and again, this is something we've talked about a lot. It's it's a word that's on everybody's uh, lips right now. It's mindfulness. And we've done episodes on that, um, but not, again, in like a new agey way. It's more mm-hmm. so what you and I might refer to as focusing on the duty of the moment, right? Mm-hmm. We still have things to do, uh, but really being able to place yourself in the present moment and then really mm-hmm. evaluating things from that point. So I think that's the first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the whole idea of like simplify when you need to simplify, right? Mm. Uh, if it's not the best time for you to take on a big project, then we need to be self-aware enough to know about that. So, you know, we mentioned that the, we've been mentioning subtly throughout this episode that perhaps we might be in various <laughs> stages of these <laughs> F words right now. And so my mantra lately has been very simply, my kids need their mother. My Mm. husband needs his wife. Our home needs care. And in all things, God's will be done. Mm. And that gives me so much peace because anything after that, I know in my mind, it's gravy. And Mm. if I've only spent the day focusing on those things, that is good. Um, But it is, I think what you're saying is that that is just planting me back in the present. It's Mm -hmm. reminding me of what needs to be done right now, the duty of the moment. Oh, that is incredible. I really love that. I found that I've been, um, slipping into doing too much work, which I always tell myself is a great Mm. thing. Like, look at how productive I am. And Mm. I'm doing all of the things except for perhaps the things I should be doing, which goes back to acedia. Um, and the episode we did on that, you and I both listened to a homily from a priest over the last week about sloth. And Mm -hmm. he said something about, we just expect sloth is just like being lazy. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, no, no. It it was really shocking because there was a lot of things I didn't know about sloth. Um, But he also explained that it can be workaholism that is Mm -hmm. distracting us from the thing that we should be doing. And that's the same thing as acedia. It's just basically not doing the duty of the moment. And um, I've really been in that place doing a ton of work, but I, I have to ask myself, am I doing that to try to escape from something? Mm. Am I really doing it for the reasons? Am I doing it out of service for my family or am I doing Mm. it so that I can be alone and cleaning my closet for hours with a podcast in my ears? Like, um, you know, Mm. sometimes I pour myself into work because I'm so frazzled and so tired. I actually use work as my escape. And I know I'm not alone in that either. Um, so being really, really mindful about what we're feeling, what we're doing and what we should be doing is a, yeah, again, a really good step. I really like that. And 
you know, a little point because I, I felt like that last week, mm. but I couldn't pinpoint what exactly it was that I was um, trying to escape from or procrastinate on. I couldn't put my finger on it. I yeah. wanted to just put in a little plug once again for prayer. <laughs> <laughs> My prayer, sometimes, like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I feel like my prayers have gotten, like, very much, like, I give it to you, <laughs> yes. Lord. Like, I'm not trying to figure any, figure as much out anymore. Um, I'm, my prayer, essentially, what I'm saying was, you know, Lord, I don't know why I'm not feeling unsettled. I don't mm -hmm. know why I'm not feeling peace. I don't know why I'm feeling anxious, yeah. <laughs> but please give me the grace to just carry on and to grant me your peace. And you know what? He he did. He delivered. And I was very grateful for that. And I recognized that I was grateful for the grace to realize what happened. Um, but, you know, that's just a little reminder to each of us that our prayer, we don't have to know what exactly we're asking for sometimes to turn to God. We can just be like, I don't know what exactly is happening or what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Could you just help me out a little bit? And I find that every time I pray something like that, he does step in and help me out a little bit. That reminds me so much of an interaction I always had with one of my kids. And I've talked about this before. Um, he was my child that was really speech delayed for a long time and communication would come hard for him, especially when he gets stressed. And mm -hmm. so when he was feeling all those things, and I'm, I'm sure you remember me saying this, but I would just, he would come mm -hmm. up to me and he would just say, I'm overwhelmed. That's all, the only word mm -hmm. I taught him, just say that. And I knew that that meant 50 different things for him, but that he couldn't say all those things. And so then I helped him. I help, would help him calm down. And I feel like, you know, God is our loving father and it's the same thing. It's, it's all you, you just have to give him one word um, mm -hmm. and just say help. Right. And he's yes. right there. And this leads me into the next point perfectly, because when we need to slow down, we need to disconnect to reconnect. Mm -hmm. So I think so many things in the world tell us the first half of the story, but don't tell us the second half. So they'll tell you to disconnect. Um, right. So then we do, right? We, we, we start blocking out negative people from our lives. We stop following people on social media. We do all the disconnecting, but then we're left unconnected. And mm -hmm. so like what you're saying, then we need to reconnect to what really matters to us, to the relationship. So like when you were like, I am a mother to my children, I am a wife to my husband, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a daughter of God. Um, those are the things then that we need to reconnect to. So there are both sides of that disconnect from the things that you can't handle right now, but then pour yourself into the, the right things. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of a quote I've seen online in various places, but essentially it says, Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including oh, yes. you. <laughs> yes. It's like right? Michelle, the IT crowd. Have you tried turning yes. it on and off again? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we can relate everything to a BBC show. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is true. And we're not simply talking about technology here. But you can unplug just by excusing yourself for a few minutes, you know, yeah. to your room um, to excuse yourself to maybe I was laughing because there's one of our listeners, one of our followers. Um, she posted yesterday on Insta stories that she just likes to go hide in that room that she cleaned mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> that day because she finds that very peaceful and relaxing. Sometimes you just need to do that. You just need to go take a break in the room that you've been working on all day to enjoy the fruits of your labor and just take a breather. And I think that's that's a good thing to get into the practice of so that you can calmly walk to those places instead of 
<laughs> whirl winding and spiraling there instead <laughs> or your husband going that's it you need you need a night to yourself when oh. they can when everybody else can tell right yes. <laughs> when they're like you need to go i and, wish someone um, would just send me to my room sometimes I know. <laughs> I know but we know it's so much better if we can do that to ourselves as part of our personal yeah. development and we need to catch it within ourselves um and that's perfect because this is, is again leads into the next point that we sometimes literally need to slow down, <laughs> like mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. slow our speech. I am a fast talker, a fast walker. I move my hands like crazy. I am um, constantly moving and it's really, really hard for me to actually slow down. And so I love that idea that um, what you just said, it, it, sometimes it's just a timeout, right? Here I am mm-hmm. thinking you need to disconnect from everything for like three weeks, but I forgot you could do it for 10 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I literally forget that. And so we have to slow down. And sometimes that does, you can just slow your actual actions down for even 10 Mm -hmm. minutes and your whole body will calm down. And I, this, I, I was really struck by a priest that we both love and I was watching him, um, offering up the sacrifice of the mass and following communion, our -hmm. priests clean out the vessels and, you know, and he was doing it so beautifully. It was so gentle and so calm, no rush. And he knows, they Mm -hmm. know everybody's itching to get out of church, right? Come on now, get those clean. And he was just paying such beautiful attention to them. And I thought, why on earth can't I dry my own dishes like that at home? Like Mm. I chip everything. I smash things into cupboards. I've chipped my quartz countertop because I'm slamming things into the dishwasher. Uh, I, I just thought I need to take a page from his book and just actually slow Mm -hmm. my, my um, actions down and what my speech, my, even right now I'm, I'm talking quickly, like slow Mm -hmm. down. Mm-hmm. It's hard to catch yourself when mm. you're when you're moving like that and when you're thinking, even thinking like that. Sometimes mm. my mind races at that pace, right? Yeah. I know what you mean, though, because I have a I have a friend that moves like this too, and I just sit and I watch her in awe sometimes, mm. especially when she's preparing a meal. Yeah. Like when I'm when I'm there to see her cook, it usually means that she's preparing food for like all six of her children, my four, the two of us, <laughs> like it's yeah. a lot of meal preparation. Yeah. And I'm just always struck by how calm and peacefully she moves. It's not hurried. She doesn't even seem to be like really intensely thinking about it because she's still chatting with me. And yeah. it is the most magical thing to watch. So it probably has a lot to do with personality. Hers mm-hmm. is different than mine, admittedly. Yeah. Um, but it does, you know what it does? It makes me want to practice it every yes. time I go, right? And so I, I do from time to time at home. And you're right. Sometimes it has to be a deliberate taking a deep breath and then actually <laughs> slowing your literal movements. It's uh-huh. like you're retraining your body how to move not under pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. We're so, I think as soon as we become moms, and if you are already a, a person who does things quickly, um, mm-hmm. I'm a very impatient and quick person. Um, and then you become a, a busy mom with kids demanding. Like, I mean, we eat so quickly, right? And mm-hmm. then you go to a restaurant. <laughs> this happens to us all the time. <laughs> and we, we go to a restaurant and we're done eating in five minutes. And yes. Right? And you're like, okay, yeah. well, that was, you were at the restaurant for a whole 21 minutes. <laughs> And it's time to go home on your date night. Um, mm-hmm. We, You're right. You have to actually practice this. And this might be something I take into the new year with me. I'm already starting to think about, you know, what changes I want to make within myself going into the new year. Um, mm-hmm. I, but I think I'd have to actually put
put like the word slow down taped around my house um, mm-hmm. so that I can actually practice it. Um, and then I got a message a while ago. You know, I'm always posting my to-do lists on Instagram. And mm-hmm. I got a message from somebody because I'd crossed out a few things, I think, at the bottom of my list. And I forget exactly how it came up. But and I'm, anyways, I might have shared something else that said um, not to do. And I got this message from somebody saying, oh, could you guys please talk about a not to-do list? And yeah. I thought, okay, that can mean a whole bunch of different things. Like this is a very... Um, Like, what exactly does that mean? But then I thought Mm -hmm. everything that it could mean, I really like. I just like the words not to-do list. So I think that when I look at my to-do list that I post every day, I know within myself, and again, I'm 40, I've been doing this for a long time, but um, I have some days where I get everything done on that list and some days where I get nothing done on the list, but it doesn't bother me. Like I'm okay Mm. either way. I've come to a lot of peace with that. Um, Mm. And so I think that when I reflect on a to don't list or a not to do list, um, I think that that just really means that reassessing throughout the day. And then when you get, you know, as the day's drawing to a close, you can go, yep, these are now to don'ts <laughs> or not to do's. Yeah. <laughs> like they won't get done today and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's in the very literal sense of a list. Mm-hmm. But then I also think that in a broader sense, a not to do list could also be like things that I no longer want to do. I no longer mm-hmm. want to race through my life anymore. Um, I no longer want to be impatient, rushing people to finish their sentences. I do that to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I no longer want to leave things into the last minute and get frenzied. So it's a it's a flip on a to do list. It's it's really getting my brain thinking about what I want on my not to do list. Yes. I can't figure out what I like better, not mm-hmm. to do list or to don't. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like to don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the um joy of missing out too, right? Like the JOMO yes. versus the fear Jomo. of missing out. It's like mm-hmm. JOMO. And it's, so it's just like, yeah, flipping the narrative around and then owning it and going, yeah. yeah, I'm not doing those things today. So this is my not to do list or to don't list. So I really like it too. Yes. And you know what? That got me thinking about, um, something that I forget all the time, which is to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this, you know, it goes far beyond basic self-care as the yes. culture defines yes. it in the trendy way, right? Um, but in my opinion, basic taking care of yourself is just so much more effective anyways. <laughs> yeah. Because when I start to show it physically, you know, you I have bags under my eyes. I notice I slouch when I'm starting mm-hmm. to feel this frazzled, frenzied emotions taking over. And also emotionally, you get, you know, I'm impatient or weepy. Uh, I find I lack enthusiasm when mm-hmm. I'm really overwhelmed. And then foggy brain, forgetfulness, like mentally as well. And I've just realized that doing by doing very simple things like sleeping, <laughs> eating, <laughs> Yeah. Drinking water. <laughs> like <laughs> these things have been game changers for conquering the frazzle. And I just don't under I don't understand why we forget these simple but necessary things, but I think we do. And far more often and far more commonly amongst all of us than is is good for us as a culture. So yes. <laughs> I would like to just remind myself and everybody else that especially in the holidays take some time to take stock about how you're taking care of yourself. And it might be that you already take pretty good care of yourself, but you might need more right now and to let that be okay with you. 
we were saying earlier about how important it is that you, you do try to catch these things and do those things before you end up yelling or crying, right? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we, um, about being in that, that kind of no man's land. We just want to go back to that again, that I think that that's what I'm feeling this week. That's what you're feeling. We're just feeling a little weary, right? Mm-hmm. We're still getting our stuff done. We're still being kind. We're not quite snippy at everybody yet. But this should be like, so to me, I'm like, okay, perfect. I'm still holding on. But no, I should be telling myself something else and be like, okay, you're holding on. But the next step is the crying or the next Mm -hmm. step is the needing (laughs) to crash on the couch for three days or yelling, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. instead of just thinking, oh, yay, you're you're hanging in there saying, no, that my body's crying out to me right now that this weariness is telling me that I'm about to get frazzled, that Mm -hmm. the next stage is, is I'm standing on the precipice. So like going back again to basics, like what you were saying. So I think it all comes down to telling yourself and reminding yourself and writing this and hanging it on your fridge if you need to, just saying to yourself, I can do this tomorrow. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're going to do it tomorrow, <laughs> but just yeah. saying that. We all know yourself, that. Right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's just a little secret between you and you. Um, <laughs> and I think there is such a release in that. I can do this mm-hmm. tomorrow. So you can mm-hmm. take it from your to-do list, put it on your to-don't list tell yourself you're going to do it tomorrow. And if you can't, and then go up and have a bath, right? Pour Mm -hmm. yourself a big glass of ice water. Um, There is a quote by Gandhi that I absolutely love where it's just, it says, there is more to life than increasing in speed. I really have believed my whole life that I should be increasing in in speed, that I should Mm -hmm. be growing more productive, better at everything I'm doing, more skilled, you know, um, just working harder and harder and harder and getting better at everything. I really thought that that was the goal. And it's, it's not, there is far more to life than that. And I just don't want to have to get frazzled until I realize that. time for our what we're loving this week segment of the show so Lindsay, what have you been loving this week i am nearing the end of my third year of my challenge of reading all the classics as you know and Mm -hmm. many of the books i've read i've enjoyed but none of them have been good enough recently for me to bring up you know in our little segment here like until now so i finished Mm -hmm. last week tests of the duberville uh, which was Mm -hmm. written by thomas hardy and published in 1891 and i loved this novel it is in Mm. my top 10 now um it was a super controversial book when it first appeared in late victorian england uh it was written by a man but it's it's almost feminist literature for its time and Mm. i say this as a traditional feminine woman who you know has my own feelings about (laughs) feminism but it's like true and good feminist literature like he really writes well from a woman's point of view and what i thought was so fascinating and the whole point of the book is that he demonstrates to the reader and to society at that time how unequal men and women were when they've done the same action when they've done the same Mm. thing and how a woman is completely written off and men Mm. are given kind of a you know Uh, a free ride in some ways. Mm -hmm. I won't go into more of the plot, but I did think it was really important to have that discussion then and to still have that discussion now. Um, There 
<laughs> yeah, it's really hard to say too much about it without giving away this book, but I did, I found it to be riveting. I really looked forward to reading it every night, which I can't always say is true when I'm reading all Victorian literature. Um, <laughs> I kept highlighting gorgeous passages of writing. Like I, his writing was, there were so many passages. I just would pause and reread it again and again. Um, I tried reading his book, Jude the Obscure when I was in high school and hated it. And so mm. I normally then would avoid an author, but I'm really uh, glad I went back to him. And I think um, I'm looking forward to reading Far From the Madding Crowd, another book by Thomas Hardy, uh, Hardy next. So Tess okay. of the D'Urberville. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. So per- perhaps I'm hearing you and perhaps Thomas Hardy just isn't high school material. Yeah. yeah no. Um, because I was assigned tests of the Duberville's um, <laughs> in grade 12, and I did not like it at all. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine a, a okay. person in grade 12 reading and understanding and, and appreciating that book. So, no. Okay, so perhaps I need to revisit Thomas Hardy as well, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it has left a bad taste in my mouth all these years. Mm-hmm. I can't hear Thomas Hardy without thinking, yes. that book, what was that book? <laughs> And that's how I felt about Jude the Obscure. And I remember okay. I was trying it forever. And every day my best friend would come up to me in high school being like, how's Jude the Obscure? Like mocking me. I'm like, I hate it. It, it was like my pre-Moby Dick. Moby Dick. And <laughs> <laughs> so I am glad I went back to him. I would love for you to read it. It's not really okay. a Huga book. So you might. it's more to me like a spring summer book. So you may have to wait a while okay. so you can really feel it. I'm I'm good with procrastinating books that I'm not sure about, so that works for me. <laughs> awesome. So what have you been loving this week? So I watched a movie a couple of weeks ago, and it was just a really whimsical escape. So I'm going to recommend This Beautiful Fantastic. Have mm. you seen this on Amazon Prime? No, I've never even heard of it. Okay. So it stars... Um, Oh gosh, what's her name? Jessica Finley, I think. And she is the youngest daughter on Downton Abbey. Okay. Um, so the plot follows her. She is a woman named Bella Brown. She's an aspiring author and a recluse. Mm-hmm. So she is faced with possible eviction if she cannot get her garden under control because it's becoming the neighborhood eyesore. Mm-hmm. But the problem is she despises nature. She has no idea where to begin. She doesn't want to talk to people to ask them about She's what me. to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's, she's quirky. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that's the plot. And I found this movie relaxing. It was sweet um, with just enough of that quirk to keep you entertained. Mm-hmm. But what I liked most about this movie is that it's one of the few I can think of that is so kind. And maybe it's because I've been watching too many mysteries lately. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but while I'm watching this, I keep I think I was waiting for for one of the characters to, you know, like show their true colors. Or like to murder someone. You're like, she's going to find a body in that garden. Right. Yeah, there must be ulterior motives here. Yeah. Um, but I realized that, no, it's just a really sweet story of a girl in a bit of a pickle and the people who are trying to help her in their own ways. So if you're looking for a feel-good, um, winding down relaxing movie maybe to help you with your frenzy (laughs) or your frantic ways this holiday season this beautiful fantastic i would recommend okay that's going to do it for us this week if you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today you can find us on our website www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com 
or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to our new YouTube channel, The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at lindsayhomemaker. Thank you so much for listening. We're now off for a short winter break, so we will see you all in the new year. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas, and we will see you next time.